Welcome to a trip to the movies. I'm Alex Zane, and this episode is brought to you by who else but Odium. I love an Odium, especially an Odeon Lux. Whether I'm on the red carpet at a movie premiere or popping down to my local cinema, the feeling's always the same. Pulling open the door to hear that huge, spine-tingling Dolby Atmos sound bellowing from within, the irresistible glow of the gigantic 4K iSense screen drawing you towards it, four times sharper to capture every detail, relaxing into those luxurious reclining seats and feeling that sense of anticipation as you excitedly sip on your favourite beverage before emerging at the end of the film, trying to put into words what you've just experienced. It's nothing short of magic. You can book your Odeon Lux experience at odeon.co.uk or on the Odeon app. They say, we make movies better, and I couldn't agree more. Also, just before we head to our fantastic virtual cinema, how would you like a pair of tickets to head to a fantastic and very real cinema? Because the lovely people at Odeon have handed us a pair of tickets to give away every show. So, if you'd like the chance to head to your nearest Odeon and enjoy a movie, all you need to do is leave us a review. I'll explain more at the end of the show, but congratulations to this week's winner, Get Back to the Films, who left us the following review on Apple, titled... Wonderful! An absolute joy, the questions are spot on and I've been using these with my children to agree when we should go to see a movie. Currently, it's the first session of a Sunday morning. I am, however, very disappointed in the answers currently being given for salted versus sweet popcorn. It's salted every day of the week. Thank you very much. Get back to the films. Drop me an email at triptomovies at gmail.com. That's triptomovies at gmail.com. And we'll send you your Odeon Cinema tickets so you can head to your next Sunday morning session. Like I said, it's that simple. Leave us a review. And if I read it out, we'll be sending you a pair of Odeon tickets. More details at the end of the show. Finally, for all the latest news and clips from the show, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Trip to Movies Pod. And also a quick hello to our lovely patrons who've signed up already to our Patreon. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying the full unedited video versions of all our interviews that go up on our Patreon every week. All right, then, let's get back to this episode. If you're ready, let's do this. Hello and welcome to A Trip to the Movies, the podcast where each week a special guest takes us on an incredible journey as they curate their perfect night out at our fantastic virtual cinema. This week, we're joined by a brilliant actor and writer who has some truly impeccable horror credentials on her CV. She's collaborated with filmmaker Mike Flanagan on everything from Hush to The Haunting of Hill House to last year's astounding Midnight Mass and is soon to be seen in the upcoming Netflix series, the fall of the house of usher taking us on today's trip to the movies it's the magnificent kate siegel it is hello. she's here hello it's me <laughs> hey Yay. how are you i'm thrilled that you're on the show i am so excited going to the movies is one of my favorite things to do with people and so i'd love to bring the whole world along with me well i can't wait until we enter our virtual cinema at first though obviously happy almost halloween it, thank you so much. It is my Christmas, so I try to keep it holy. Me too. I'm a. It's honestly, it is the greatest night of the year for me. Have you got a costume sorted? Have you got Halloween plans? 
Oh my gosh. I have so many costumes and so many plans. I have the added benefit of having three kids. And so I get mm. to do all of the kids stuff and I get to do all of the adult stuff. I have a series of costumes I'd like to share with you now. Um, okay, great. So <laughs> I am doing a sugar skull day of the dead for trick-or-treating with the kids. Hey, it's my mother-in-law. Yeah. Hi. Um, Hello. A sugar skull trick-or-treating costume so I can wear like a little skeleton onesie, be easy so that my kids are really the focus. But then there are uh-huh. a couple of Halloween parties that I'm going to where one of them I'm going to be Ripley's, believe it or not. And so it's like Ripley from Aliens costume, but I have some believe it or not merch. And I'm like, hey, look, it's Amazing. a xenomorph, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That oh, brings me a lot of that's joy. That's amazing. I mm-hmm. love it. Ripley. Oh, Aliens, the sequel, oh. the second movie is my favorite alien movie of the all. Of, I mean, obviously, it's either one or two. Oh, yeah. You're, you're not the guy who likes Prometheus. That's not your thing. You're not the Prometheus <laughs> apologist. Weirdly, I'm, I'm one of about seven people, I think, in the world who rate Prometheus. Alien Covenant can do one. But Prometheus, I, that was still when it was all right for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I listen, the only, the only thing I had with Prometheus is that any scientist isn't going to stick their head into that bowl. Other than that, I had a great time. I love a man who runs directly in a straight line away from a spaceship rolling towards him. I really, well, I loved Prometheus. That was a great midnight movie. I'm not talking smack about anything. As I mentioned in my intro, uh, you have I just it was just a few of the incredible projects you've been involved in but you just have this amazing CV of horror films horror TV shows I'm going to just come out on a limb here and guess that you love horror oh as my a gosh, genre How did you guess yes yes I do love <laughs> horror as a genre <laughs> What is it about horror that you love? I mean, uh, did you fall into it accidentally or was it like a plan from day 1 did you love horror as a kid I did. Well, the thing is, I was a weird kid. Like I was dark and I was dramatic and I, there was a lot going on in my world. And, um, when I started reading horror, which was the way I got in the first place, I started reading Stephen King. I was like, Oh, this is how I feel. I feel like the world is about to end at every moment. I feel like I'm being chased all the time. I feel if my mom tells me I can't have candy for breakfast, it's like I'm being locked in the basement. Like it was my dramatic feelings really were validated by the horror experience. And so Mm -hmm. then um, as I got older and I really loved that kind of roller coaster feeling of of tension in a horror movie where like it all comes up and then it releases and then you laugh and then it all comes up and it releases and you laugh. And then I found as an actress, I was also very dramatic and um, that I could, you know, access some of those more intense emotional places of fear and despair. And so I found a home um, in the horror community. And then I realized it's kind of the best party in Hollywood. And so I never left. It's a great community, isn't it? The the horror fans that I've met just, I mean, there's this sort of, not only is it obviously a love for the genre, but like there's just a warmth to them. It's a very inclusive kind of gang of people Mm -hmm. as far as my experiences go anyway. I agree with that. I think the root of that is because horror can often be pigeonholed as not as acceptable as doing straight drama or comedy. If you end up in the horror world, you are generally a fan of horror. And so what happens is, or else you like kind of skirt off and you only do one little horror film and then you go away. But if you stick around, it's because you love it. And so a lot of these, like we were at the Saturn Awards earlier this week and 
that's a big uh, horror and sci-fi uh, award show for like our community. Everyone you meet there is a fan of everybody else. There isn't a lot of like talking behind people's back or snark or judgment or like a little bit of, there's sometimes a feel at other Hollywood events where people are kind of looking around to see who, how they can get ahead in horror. We're all just like, Oh my God, I love your movie. That's crazy. Dan Trachtenberg praise incredible. Oh my God. You like midnight mass. And then we can just talk about all the movies we've seen this year. And so it's kind of a nerd explosion in a good way. You are one of uh, Mr. Mike Flanagan's regular players, um, you know, Haunting of Hill House, uh, Midnight Mass, and the upcoming The Fall of the House of Usher. When you've got a familiar face behind the camera uh, and a familiar cast, including friend of the show, Rahul Kohli. Mm-hmm. A, a man, lovely that man, guy's and, such uh, a stalker. He tells everyone we're best friends, but like, I don't know him at all. It's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> when you when you've got he's I mean I I feel like I should I, not not hit that he needs uh, another mention on the show because he has been <laughs> on it uh, uh, before but uh, but I do have to say thank you to uh, Rahul for uh, putting us in touch and, and making this yeah. happen today. Well, you know nice I won't thing. give him my phone number or my email, so he connected us via Twitter. Is that why? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, he'll just blow up my shit all the time. I can't handle it. It's too much. So thirsty that one. Ugh. <laughs> so with with these familiar faces around you is it does it help with doing great work having that familiar cast and and team behind the cameras what i love about working with mike flanagan and the flavengers as we've started calling ourselves wow um, <laughs> i love it i've been calling you mike flanagan's players but the fl- the flanange flavengers flavengers okay good Let me and when we get down. together we can all be like flavengers flassemble <laughs> Um, cause we're all kind of nerdy and we're not quite as good as like real superheroes. So we all kind of like roll in and we're like missing a shoe and Sam falls over and Rahul's hung over. Like, it's all great. Like full Avengers assemble. But what's great about it is that nobody lets you off the hook. And so when you show up to do a scene or you show up to work and you start to do the same old tricks and the stuff that, you know, always works and everyone's just like, no, don't bring that shit here. We want new, fresh grounded reality. And when it is good, right? When you do hit that solid home run or even a solid base hit, you get that nod from across the room. There's not a lot of, you know, bullshit flying around the sets where it's like, you're so good and da, 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 da. because everyone's worked together so much. There's almost a shorthand when you're not complimenting each other. That's when you know it's going well. And it's sort of like, you'll gas up, we'll gas up guest stars and we'll gas up our new friends. But with each other, we're just taking the piss out of each other all day. And like when someone really hits it, the most you'll get is like a solid nod. And that's a really <laughs> good, like that's a sports team feeling, I imagine, from people who play sports. So you have you have the moniker Scream Queen, which how yes. how do you feel about that? That's an uh, to me that that that's a, that's that seems like a really cool thing to have entered that exclusive yeah. club of Scream Queens. Well, I mean, you understand how important the monarchy is. It's more of a figurehead than an actual ruling body. Um, and, you know, it, it has different resonations and like it resonates differently with different communities. But I take my title seriously and I'm here for the people to serve. I've given my life to this cause. And, um, you know, as God is my witness, I will protect us all from romantic comedies. <laughs> um, to my mind, and I'm not just saying this. You have probably, if not the top, in the top three greatest screams in the entire history of TV <laughs> and film. 
Uh, genuinely, and it's it's one moment, and I, I I need say only two words, and those two words are rowing boat. That moment is just it's just one of the most unbelievable pieces of TV I think I've seen in the last few years. Oh, thank you so much. That was um a very cathartic scene to shoot because I had done so much research, and as I said, I've said a few times, this was the first thing we shot. Day one of Midnight Mass was everything that happened in the boat because it was a contained space. It was me and Zach. And um, we were back up right in the middle of the pandemic, like the beginning of COVID where nobody knew what was going on. And so because of the way we shot that on a green screen, we could be far away from the crew. So they could keep their distance. It was just me and Zach. It was a controlled space. And so we're like, we're going to do everything on the boat. And Zach and I were like, ha, 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 just kidding, right? Right? We're not starting at the boat. And Mike was like, we're starting at the boat. <laughs> Wow. What and, yeah. That's mad. It was madness. And I was so, but in retrospect, I'm so grateful for it because what happened was, you know, Zach and I did the whole day with the monologues and he's talking to me about campfires in the sky and we've really dropped in with each other. It created a relationship that we tapped into for the rest of the shoot. And then the last thing we did was the scream. And of course I had been isolating. Everyone had been isolating for, I think, like a hundred plus days at that time. We had no idea what was going on in the world. Everywhere I looked, because they sent at that time, they had to send Zach home because they put the camera right in my face. There was um, crew and cat, crew members and my own husband, Mike, and producers and old friends of mine. They're wearing goggles. They're wearing KN95s. They're wearing face shields. At the time, people were still wearing surgical gowns because we didn't know. And it was just crazy. And I had done all this research on how long it takes a body to burn a healthy body from nothing and what it would look like, what it would smell like. And I kind of just let her rip. It was like a scream that encompassed all of my fears for my children, all of my fears for my family, all of the horrific uh, images I was had had stuffed my brain full of. And I just, just wouldn't stop screaming. <laughs> I couldn't stop. The, the cut from... Uh, from the the vision of of the girl from his past, and then that hard Thank cut you. into the reality of what's going on on the boat, and then the scream, and then it continues after the fade yeah. to black. It's wow, wow. The writing Look, and the editing of that scene is incredible. Yeah, yeah, an incredible, incredible series, an incredible series. Uh, so I know that information is best described as scant uh, to slash non-existent on your upcoming projects, which I completely understand. So I'll, I'll ask the question, which I think is uh, within the realms of possibility, uh, which is how has it been filming for the House of It was great. I mean, we had, we had a couple stop and starts. I mean, you know, listen, anytime you shoot a TV show or a film, it is building an airplane from the ground up without a blueprint. You're just from the very beginning, it's all kind of like, I don't know if this is going to fly. And then you end up trying and it crashes and you have to readjust and you have to try. And so it was as always uh, an uphill battle, but it, it's kind of this amazing group of people. It's everyone. Like so many of the Flavengers are back. <laughs> <laughs> doing the weird, the craziest things you can imagine. Like Edgar Allan Poe can support, his work can support such insane choices. The man is mm. gothic and romantic and insane and, and hilarious. Like there's so much humor, dark humor in Poe. And so it was a, a really great place to play. How's that and for it, an you, answer, non-answer? That, that was a great answer, non-answer. Have you seen an episode yet? 
I've seen all of them. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't wait. I can't it's wait. The best. Good stuff. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, wow. it's my favorite. That is high praise, considering what the others are. Wow, it's your favorite. Yeah, oh, it's Amazing. my favorite. Mm-hmm. So excited. Right then, Kate, you are now about to take yes. us on your perfect night out at the cinema. You are our guide. We are your audience. Yes. Let's go okay. on a trip to the movies. Let's do it. So we push open the doors to our temple of film and find ourselves in the foyer. There's an excited buzz as there always is in a cinema foyer, the hum of anticipation. It's your perfect cinema trip, Kate. Who have you picked, living or dead, to go with you? Oh my God, I'm with my dad. My dad died when I was uh, 21. Ah, and we used to go to the movies together. We used to go to midnight movies together. And I, like, I I went back and forth on this for a while. And I was like, oh, I want him him to meet all these people. And no, it's just me and dad. Maybe my sister can join for the second movie because she'll be real mad. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's just me and dad. Do you have really fond memories of going to the cinema with your dad? I do. So back in the olden days, before they had um, commercials, before movies, the first thing that would happen before previews is each theater had like a little short. Sorry, I'm crying. I love it. Um, I told you I'm so dramatic. Um, They had like a little short about the movie theater you were in. And the Cineplex Odeon by our house was a fake roller coaster. And so it was like shot sort of from the POV as if you were in a roller, the front seat of a roller coaster going through and like, oh no, the popcorn pops and like the soda shoots at you. It's, it was so cheesy, but my dad, who was a pretty like serious man, he had a a very, very bright, sarcastic street, but he wasn't particularly goofy. He would look at me and my sister and he would put his hands up (laughs) and you had to do it. You had to. And so at the beginning, when I was like seven, eight, nine, this was the best. And I was like, yay! And then you get to like 13, 14, 15. And you're like, I can't do this. And he would just stare. And it was, it's one, and we would all, I never didn't, I always did it. I never uh, was too cool for it. And I'm so grateful for that now. Oh, fantastic. So you're taking your dad. Was there one movie that uh, you remember particularly from uh, the time visiting the cinema with your dad? I did. We saw Starship Troopers at midnight, which, by the way, is a lot sexier than you remember. There's a lot (laughs) more sex in Starship Troopers than you think there is. And it was so (laughs) awkward. It was wonderful and funny. and, And luckily, like I was old enough to see the movie and we laughed about it afterwards. We don't we weren't a very prudish family, but. It, in the moment, it was just like, oh, no, the showers start and you're just like, this is very bad. This is so awkward. <laughs> but Starship Troopers is a great one. Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? What she, having, <laughs> like in, movie, in movies that you don't expect it when you're like, OK, I have a, a memory with uh, with my parents watching um, Mad Max, the Road Warrior, the, the second Mad Max movie. Yeah. And you're like. It's fine. This, this is a Mad Max movie. Yeah, it's and there's a Mad one Max bit where a, te- a tent gets ripped off and there's a couple, naked couple underneath the tent. And I just remember just hiding. I was like, oh, this is too, I don't, why am I here? It is such weirdest- a specific type of cringe. It's like a mm. nausea and time gets really slow. And it feels like the scene is lasting years. And like, <laughs> you can just hear every tick of the clock. Yeah, yeah. Okay, brilliant. So you are going to the cinema with your dad. There's a clock on the wall. It reads a specific time. What time 
Have we gone to the cinema? Oh, it's midnight. It's midnight on a Friday night. That's a busy, is that a busy time? Is that yeah. the midnight screenings? Yeah, there are a lot of people there. Like you said, there's that kind of like that buzz of excitement. The line for concessions is very long. And so my dad hands me his wallet and he's like, I'll go get into the seats. You buy whatever you want. Brilliant. So and I have like the small business- hand of a child. Oh, I love it. I have the smell of a child and his wallet is like a big dad wallet made out of like old leather and it smacks the smack it makes in your hand and you're holding it like, oh my God, I'm going to get out. And the people, so I'm little. For some reason in this story, I, we've traveled okay. in time and I'm a, I'm a little person. I'm young. Well, how old? How old are we saying here? Just so I can, I can visualize this for, for when it comes to what movies you've picked. How old, how old are you in, in this time-traveling version of this virtual cinema, which is fine. It's your virtual cinema. It can allow time travel. I am 12. Okay, 12 years old. 12 years old at a midnight screening on a Friday night. You're at lucky. Midnight, <laughs> yeah. The luckiest. At the luckiest, yeah. So do you kind of feed off that energy that a busy cinema has, especially oh, this is yeah. in America, I think more so than here, like the, the, you know, the engagement that an audience gives, I mm-hmm. think with a film is, is quite incredible. It is. And they'll talk back and they'll laugh and they'll throw popcorn. I want a rowdy screening at midnight um, with everybody's there. And maybe someone like sitting near me is too tall. So I have to look around them or like I'm sitting close. So you have to, it feels overwhelming, but like, yeah, lots of bodies. And this is way before COVID because, you know, I'm 12. And so there's no fear of getting sick or anything. I, I find that incredible that you, you actively want to sit behind a tall person in your perfect night out at the cinema. You're considering having someone potentially in a top hat in front no, of you. No, yes, it is. But you know what's going to happen? Because my dad is 6'4", my dad's going to switch seats with me. And then I'm going to feel that particular warmth of being seen and taken care of. Like, I won't ask, oh. but he'll, see, he'll notice it and he'll switch. And I'll be like, oh, I'm really safe. I'm with my dad. He sees me. I love it. This is, I love it. This is too much. <laughs> I'm I'm loving it. I hope you are. It, it sounds like a really am, beautiful no, situation I'm, you're building here. It is. I'm trying. I'm trying to get there. You know, the freedom. You know, that's the beauty of storytelling. It's um, it can be time travel. Storytelling can be healing. And I'm just gonna let myself go there and be there with my dad. You know, why not? Well, currently, twelve year old you is with your dad at a midnight screening. Um. Where are you sitting? Because you've booked the tickets for us. So mm-hmm. where are you sitting in the cinema? What seat? So we're about two thirds of the way forward in the center. So this is this is my regular question, and this is it's a very personal thing. So uh-huh. you're quite comfortable, I guess. Being a twelve year old, you're more nimble than perhaps I am as an adult. But yeah. I get a little bit of social anxiety having to shuffle past people if I needed to go use the restroom during a movie. I'm not a big needing to use the restroom during the movie. I'll go before the movie and I'll be fine. And so what has happened is I have a big armful of snacks, which I know we get to in a second. My mm. dad is saving the seats and I'm okay because he like he I bet he doesn't like to walk around people because he's kind of tall and gangly, six four. And then but I'm a little kid. I don't care. I, it hasn't even occurred to me that it's weird yet. I'm climbing over people. I'm hitting their knees. They're probably annoyed because I'm a kid, but I don't care. Isn't it amazing? I I know exactly what you mean. As a kid, you're just like, yep, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll just walk past all these people kicking handbags and putting your foot on someone's popcorn. You don't care. Now, as an adult, you're just like, oh, my God. 
oh my God, I'm so sorry. Absolutely. Oh, like, I'll never get up as an adult because I'm like, what if I block someone? What if I knock over something? Mm-hmm. What? No. But as a kid, meh, who cares? Great. You're sitting two thirds from the front in the middle. Great seats. So the air in the foyer is full of wonderful smells. All manner of snacks and foodstuffs are available at the various counters. What do you choose to eat? So I'm going to buy so much candy because I'm 12. So I know I have to get a large popcorn with butter. So that's that. And we're just assuming everything is the best version of, right? Like it's not, everything is, oh my gosh. Okay. It's perfect. Everything is perfect. Okay. This is truly one of the most healing like meditations of my life. Um, so I'm going to get a Kit Kat for my dad. That's his favorite. And then I will also get a Kit Kat for me and a Sour Patch Kids and a Skittles and Twizzlers. And then a large Coke for my dad and a large Sprite for me. Just too much. Okay. I, how am I even carrying all of this? It's going to fall, but because it's perfect, it doesn't. I managed to carry all of it. And when he sees what I bought, I hand him his wallet back and he goes, oh, yes, good job. Good job. He's pleased with the order. I've you made have really Sprite, good choices. He has Coke. He, I have Sprite. He has Coke. The popcorn's warm and buttery. Uh, we have Kit Kats. We have, yeah, all the gummies and sour candies. And I'm going to eat like maybe two of each thing, like little bites, and that's it. The rest of it's not. I'm, I just want to be able because you have a couple Sour Patch Kids and you're like, oh, man, I wish I had a Twizzler. And then you have one Twizzler and then you're like, oh, no, I need popcorn. You're 12. You're whatever you want. So my next question, you've already answered because it was going to be popcorn sweet or salted because we don't have the butter option here in the UK. This is so oh, this is like yeah. kind of news to me. So so you are you're not having sweet or salt. You're having butter popcorn. Butter, popcorn. It's buttery. It's greasy. Your hand gets greasy. And as an adult, like you're like, oh, crap, I forgot the napkins. As a kid, you're just like, my pants will do. <laughs> yeah. So just talk me through it because I really want to – the idea of butter popcorn I, I find absolutely mouth-watery. So it comes pre-buttered or they pour no, the butter on? No, they will pour warm butter on freshly popped mm. popcorn and then – at the little stand where you get your straws and stuff, there's a salt shaker and you shake a little salt on it. And so it's butter and salt on freshly popped popcorn. And if you're crazy, see, I didn't discover this until, until I was an adult. So I, it can't be in my fantasy right now. But you get M&Ms or Smarties, as you guys call them, and you dump it in. And so you can get a handful <laughs> of like buttery, salty, chocolatey popcorn. And like, maybe you'll never leave this fantasy. Let me yeah. do butter and salt and M&M's melting Everything. into the popcorn. <laughs> that sounds like the most fantastic snack it is. ever. I love it that. But it needs to be in your fantasy theater because sometimes the problem can be the popcorn might be a little stale or the butter isn't real butter. It's like fake butter or like it's too salty. If it's, it has to be done perfect to make it perfect, which is why it works for this situation. Kate, the campaign here, I'll be, uh, I'll be your point man on the ground in the UK to get butter popcorn, a regular thing in British cinemas. You guys would love it. We need that. You do need that. Yeah. Okay. It's time now. 
to leave the foyer and walk down the corridor towards the auditorium. Posters along the cinema wall illustrate some of your most important movie memories. The first poster depicts your fondest movie memory. What is it? My fondest movie memory is seeing The Mummy with my dad. The original one. The, well, the, not like not the 60s. The... No, no, like Brendan Fraser. Okay, okay, the Brendan Fraser one. The Brendan Fraser Yeah, Rachel I guess it's Weiss not the one. original one. <laughs> In my head, it's the original <laughs> one. I know um, what you mean. Yeah, I thought that, and then I thought, okay, I better just double check. But yeah, yeah no, no, that's okay. the one. And so we had had this running joke in my family where I would pretend to be a velociraptor. This is around the time of uh, Jurassic Park, and I would like, and I'd screech, and I'd run out of a room. I told you, weird kid. And we saw the mummy, and my dad said to me after that movie, he said, "The only way to defeat the velociraptor is with a mummy face, because you know, at the end of that movie." the mummy comes out of the sand and has that big open mouth and he's trying to attack them. And so when I would start to be a velociraptor, my dad would chase me around the house and he'd go, Wah! and so <laughs> we would do velociraptor versus mummy. And it all started at that movie. And so that's probably my fondest memory of the movies. That's great. I, I, I'm pretty sure Asylum Studios have probably made a film called Velociraptor versus mummy <laughs> by this point. That sounds like if something. If they haven't, there. call me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. I love, I love that movie. I'm so pleased Brendan Fraser's back as well. Me too. Because, like, I haven't seen The Whale, but all the, everything that people are talking about, it's like, you know, it seems great. And yes. that film, I forgot, I saw it not that long ago. It's so dark in parts. It's you forget. So you think it's like, it's like a kind of like, it's funny and it's like this action adventure, but when that guy gets his eyes stolen by the mummy and he's blind and he can't yeah. see and yeah. it's there. Oof. That screwed me up as a kid. So let's walk further down the corridor to the second poster. So I've 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 put up a poster of Brendan mm -hmm. Fraser's The Mummy. <laughs> the next poster depicts your worst movie memory. What's your worst movie memory? Oh, I actually don't remember what the movie memory was, but this is when I was in high school and I was bullied really bad in high school. And um there was like this website in our school where you could like post anonymous things about people and people would post a lot about what a jerk I was. And one night That's I went awful. to, a, it was awful, but like, we're not, we're, we're in the good place now. We're not going in the bad okay. place. Um, and I had gone to a midnight movie with my dad and I got home and I was on the, the website and some, some, this was midnight on Friday. And there was a group of kids from high school there and um, somebody made had made a posting making fun of me and being like, Kate's so lame. She can only, she, the only person she hangs out with is her own dad at the movies. And maybe if you're like, he'll take you to the movies if you're a good girl. And I was just like, that's so fucking creepy. Like, why are you there? Why are you making fun of me? Like, whatever. I was having, living my life. But like, I was, something about it felt like shameful and embarrassing and like, n like bad and nasty. Like hanging out with my dad was a bad thing. And like, that was my worst movie experience. Okay, I get Bullying. that. We won't dwell on the worst movie experience. No, I we'll just it, put I, a black I, I, poster I, I, up. Like just yeah. solid black. Mm -hmm. A black poster. Also because it feels like you've been spied on. That's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, sort of I like was being spied on and I was happy and like having a great night. And then people were watching me and judging me and making fun of me when I didn't know. Like that's a gross feeling. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is. Okay, one big black poster going up on the wall. Great. Let's head away from it to our yeah. third poster, 
which depicts the last performance that brought you to tears. Now, this one is special. Um, my dad hasn't seen it, but we're not only in dad space. It was everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, wow. I watched it uh, again just two nights ago. I love it so, tell so much. Um, for me, it's when we are with the rocks and the mom and the daughter have become rocks. And I just started crying and I just didn't stop. Like my husband and I were watching it together and we both, I look over at him and he's like shaking. He's weeping so hard. And same, like that movie, it struck me in the most purest part of my soul. And I felt seen and understood. Like that movie is a perfect film. It rock In that moment, it rocketed right up to my top three movies. And it still is there of all time. And isn't it insane that we were you know, the, the the power of film that we are at literally watching two rocks um, uh, eventually yes. roll down a cliff together, and you yep. are in tears watching tears. boulders fall. It is, and there's something. There was something amazing because you know I just turned forty. I thought I was done seeing my favorite movies. Like I thought my top five even was solidified, and like I wouldn't come across something that that completely changed the way I thought a movie could be. And just having that discovery made me feel like I was a child again, to love a movie that much. I couldn't have put it better myself. That it is that thing that you, you're you right. You sort of go, yeah, I'm done. I'll enjoy a movie, but I've got my list. I've even yes. laminated it. Uh-huh. And, and like we walked out and we were all kind of, I was with a few people and we were all kind of um, like struck by it. And one of us said, I can't remember what it was, was, I think that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And everyone was like, holy shit, yes. Because it is. You think, yeah, it's laminated, done. I'll never, like, yeah. I'll like movies. But. Oh, crying over rocks. I can feel it, though. It's that I thing. The minute yeah. you said the rock thing, it's just taken me back there. And I'm like, oh, my God, uh, yeah. It's... it's so beautiful. That movie is just the perfect expression of their point of view. It is the most honest movie. I love it so much. I want to watch it again right now. <laughs> okay, so everything everywhere all at once uh -huh. is going Big up poster. on the wall. Yeah. Massive poster. So it's our final poster that we're going to place on the corridor wall, and it depicts your unpopular movie opinion. Sphere! <laughs> I love Sphere. <laughs> no messing about uh, there wow I, it feels like no, you've been I waiting to say that a long time <laughs> well i'm in a family like of of cinema files like cinema lovers and all of these things and i have a handful of films that i get scoffed at one of them is troop beverly hills but people love troop beverly hills the one i tend to say that i love that makes people kind of look at me blankly is sphere I just love that movie. It's so bizarre. It hit me at the perfect moment, like the sci-fi of it. It was like my first introduction to almost like sci-fi horror thriller. And mm. so I, I, it has a special place in my heart. So I'm remembering, like, I'm not going to lie. It's been a while since I've seen Sphere. So you Oh, yeah. To, no uh, one's like, seen do Sphere. A bit, do a bit of hand-holding so for me here. Mm -hmm. I, I remember Dustin Hoffman's in it. And the, it's under Dustin the sea Hoffman. on a... Yeah. That's so it. you've That's got, got kind of like a setup like Alien where there's a ship with the distress and they're trying to figure out what happened, right? 
And they go in and what they discover after like, I'm going to make this real short. It's because I too have vague memories of this movie that I love. Um, they find this huge giant sphere that has almost a metallic sheen on its outside. And then what ends up happening is we end up with a bunch of unreliable narrators, a whole bunch of like horrific things happens, but it turns out they're just still standing in front of the sphere. And it's like a psychological thriller. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. You know what? I might have to revisit it because I'm such a fan of those confined environments, either like, like, you know, put me on a spaceship, like event horizon. Oh yeah. Like at the bottom of like the sea with sphere. Oh, yeah, I love I think- The Abyss, and that's a great movie. Like, The Abyss is a great film. Sphere, mm. I don't remember it being a great film. I remember it being, like, the most fun for a teenager, preteen, but I'm not sure it's a great film. But your unpopular opinion is that Sphere is better than it, it deserves more credit. Yeah, no, my, pop- is- my unpopular opinion is Sphere is better than The Abyss. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> That's it. There's the big swing. I'm looking, I love there's it. a thirty percent chance Mike Flanagan is about to run into this room and like rip the microphone off of my. <laughs> <laughs> he would it's screaming blasphemy from the other room. <laughs> have you have you made him watch it, or is that still on the no, list of to do? He will not. He'll laugh right in my <laughs> face. He won't watch Spear. He won't even watch True Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, I I love I love your unpopular opinion. Sphere is yeah. better than the abyss, and the poster for Sphere is going up as our final Go. poster. Fantastic. Okay, we've arrived at our last set of doors. Now there's a, a queue of people hoping to join you in the cinema because you do like a busy cinema. Mm-hmm. You've said you like a, a crowd of people, but you also might want to spend it just with your dad. Are we inviting this crowd in to join us or do you just want to be with your dad? No, big crowd. Big crowd. Big crowd. Okay. Well, in that case, the crowd go wild. We're pouring into the auditorium. Before the movie you pick for us begins, there's one of the best things, in my opinion, about going to the cinema. It's the trailers. So we're playing the trailer for the movie you're most looking forward to. What is it? Hmm. Hmm. It could, sphere two. <laughs> no. Oh, you know what it is that I, I'm going to be a little cagey here. There mm. is a script that Mike has written that I love that I'm always asking like, Hey, what's happening to this one? And, um, it's a hard sell and it needs to be resurrected, bought and shot, but it's that movie. Wow. This is a very lucky audience in this. Yeah, they really are. They're seeing a trailer for a movie that has yet to be made. And when you say resurrected, so this is a script from a while ago that's been sitting there Mm -hmm. that you feel. So this is a script from a while ago that had, um, that was tied up in some IP issues and some this, that, and the, so it doesn't fully belong to Intrepid Pictures anymore, but they're trying to untangle it. And what's crazy about this movie is that even though I'm 12 and with my dad, it's starring me as an adult. (laughs) And so my dad is watching a trailer for one of my movies while sitting next to his 12-year-old daughter. So he gets to know, like he never knew, that I was successful in my chosen field. Oh, my God. This is the best trip to the movies ever. (laughs) 
I, I feel it. I feel this is a very special trip to the movies. I love that. Okay, so um, both your dad and this audience, I'm sure, are thrilled at being able to see this. It's uh, crazy. This They're like, well, that's wild. Yes. All right, then. We've come to that moment. It is time to announce to our excited audience in a packed auditorium the movie we are watching tonight. What movie have you picked for us to watch, Kate? watching contact tell me why oh my god it's my favorite movie it's number one um contact has uh jodie foster who is one of my favorite actresses it is written by carl sagan who is one of my favorite authors of all time it has matthew mcconaughey in his best role (laughs) um it deals with Space travel, which I love, it's beautiful, and it's riveting, and it makes me cry. And it's a daddy-daughter movie. It's a perfect daddy-daughter movie, yeah, yeah. of course. The yeah. uh, the very end, where yeah. I believe it's David Morse, is how the alien chooses to represent yeah. itself to yeah. Jodie Foster. Her own dad in a picture she drew. And so it's like, and it's also uh, perfect for me because like my metaphors tend to be really on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like when that happens I'm gonna look at my dad I'll be like yeah yeah like like us it's like us dad. <laughs> oh yeah Contact is a great film oh it's a great Jodie film. Foster's fantastic in it I think it was the first time I understood what SETI was as yeah. well like it felt like one of those movies I don't know whether you feel the same where it feels like it's educating you it's educating you but it's also like feeding you feeding your soul because like you you're learning things you're learning knowledge but you're also growing your emotional intelligence and that's hard to do yeah and obviously there's the whole theological aspect which i think matthew mcconaughey's mm-hmm. character yeah represents. he's a priest mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. there's that incredible scene they have to answer questions to the panel and then yeah. matthew mcconaughey yeah. sticks the knife in kind of by going do you believe in god But this is true, right? Like what I love about this movie is in that moment, it doesn't take the easy, like he does the right thing Mm -hmm. for himself. Matthew McConaughey does like, because she is so hard lined about that. Is she the best person to represent all of humanity if she refuses to respect people who believe in a God? Mm -hmm. And my answer to that is no, like she doesn't need to believe, but she needs to understand why other people do. It's an incredible movie to screen tonight. I think that was the first time I saw Jake Busey doing his uh, <laughs> his crazy his crazy, crazy Jake Busey stuff. Yes. Oh, it's so good. And as a kid, uh, that bit where the machine explodes, like the first machine oh, goes 100%. wrong, and you're just like, whoa! And then they have the secret second machine, and you just secret like, second Gah! machine. And also, like the remember the chills you got. When it says like at the end and they do this, this beautiful reveal, which isn't like a full bow, you're thinking like what they're going to leave you with nothing. And then their tiny little gift is no, it recorded 24 hours of static or however long, I think it's 18 hours, whatever it is, but it's like full body chills. (laughs) It's brilliant. 
And it's so yeah. restrained. Like it's so restrained. Mm, I love it. Yeah. It felt like a part of me when I saw it and it's been a part of me since. Amazing. So Contact is the first movie we're screening because of course it's a double bill tonight. So the second movie is the movie that is most important to you. What movie is most important to you? Well, I guess it has to be Aliens then. Yeah. <laughs> really? I guess oh we're doing Aliens. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, we're on an express elevator to hell going down. <laughs> Always. Well, it's a midnight movie. I'm 12 years old. Mm. These are the Between Jodie Foster and Contact and Sigourney Weaver and, Weaver and Aliens, like that's everything I ever wanted to be as an actress. Like that's mm. the type of actress I want to be and the type of characters I'm interested in playing. And so like, I just, in terms of like, I guess some like role models where some girls look up to princesses or whatever it is, like to me, those two women are, are the center of the bullseye where I'm like focused my intentions of like, as a person, as an artist, as an actor, as a screenwriter, if, if those two are like, that's where it's got to be. So I once, so my mom showed me aliens when I was like way too young. I was about sort of eight years old. And she, and she told me years later that she showed me it at such a young age because she wanted me to see uh, like strong female characters in movies uh -huh. as opposed to just like dudes. And I once had the pleasure to, of being able to tell Sigourney Weaver that. And she was like, you had a very cool mom. And I was yes. like, mom, look at this. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't wait to tell her because she's going to be like, you had a really cool dad. Because my dad used to always say um, there's a like a red shirt in Alien 2 female pilot who feels the alien behind her. And she doesn't scream. She doesn't do shit. She goes for her gun. And my dad, I remember him pointing that out to me and being like, that, that's right, that. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I'm going to be the girl who goes for her gun. I'm not, yeah, of course, now I would have probably screamed and begged and like fallen to the ground and like, you know, wept. But I, in my heart, I go for my gun. I'm guessing then if you're picking Aliens as the movie that's most important to you, you are, sit uh, uh, in, the, in, a, in a group of people who think Aliens, the sequel, is better than Oh, 100%. Alien. Aliens is the best movie. That's the one you watch. Why do you think that? I know why I think it. Why do you think that? The relationship between Ripley and Newt, it reveals things in a way, right? Because I, for me, I was thinking about like, what is it about these two women, about Jodie Foster in Contact, Scotty Weaver and Aliens? And it's that they're allowed to be vulnerable and strong. They're allowed to be scared and overcome it. They don't have to just be badasses. They get to be badass females hmm. right they're they're a lot they don't have to have taking on the the masculine in order to be the final to in order to be the warrior they get to be female warriors and maybe that's it for me about aliens oh what a double bill kate this is amazing contact it is literally aliens. the best night of the movies yeah <laughs> contact and aliens yes Hell of a double bill. Hell of a double bill. Uh, okay, well, the audience are thrilled, but there is still time to play one more thing. It's your favorite shot or sequence in a movie. 
just as a little goodbye to the audience. <laughs> um, this is a sharp left, but we're ready for it. Oh, all right. This is the moment in Lawrence of Arabia where he lights the match and then it snap cuts to the sun rising over the desert. That's a cool moment. I think it's I beautiful. remember it. It's, yeah. It's a beautiful, yeah. like from, it has that um, expansive feeling I love where something infinitesimal becomes something eternal, right? And it, it shows mm. sort of how everything is connected in that way. Something small like a match and comparing it to the sun in a sunrise. I love the way that feels, the balances. And I think any audience that sat with me through contact and aliens needs a short, sweet <laughs> reminder of humanity, and then we're off. Oh, that's great. Um, now, you've done something very kind for our audience. You've printed out T-shirts as a gift for being here tonight with your favorite movie quote on the front. Uh, first of all, thank you, Kate. That was a lovely gesture. Uh -huh. Thank you. What is the movie quote? Can, this is not a movie quote. This is a TV quote. It's from The Simpsons, but we could have screened like three Simpsons episodes. And it's when it's the little 101 Dalmatians spoof. And uh, Mr. Burns looks at the puppies and says that they're standing and walking like a couple of Rory Calhouns. <laughs> and so everyone gets a shirt that says standing and walking like a couple of Rory Calhouns. <laughs> right. I love that. That's that's great. This yeah. is a very lucky audience tonight. Um, so we finished. The T-shirts have been handed out. <laughs> the crowd stands. But as they leave the auditorium, just to ease them back into the cold, harsh light of reality, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're going to play your favorite piece of music or score from a film. What are we listening to as we exit the auditorium? I would like to play the soundtrack to the movie Mermaids, which is a share movie with Christina okay. Ricci and Winona Ryder. Right. Okay. Because we've spent a lot of time with my dad, right? Like we've spent a lot of time hanging out with dad. What I do remember and I want to shout out is dancing in the kitchen as a family with my mom and my dad and my sister to that soundtrack. And so it's really fun. It's boppy. It'll it'll move us out. Like we're all standing and walking like a couple of Rory Calhouns. And we're going to go out into the world dancing to the soundtrack of Mermaids. What a way. What a way to end. <laughs> I, 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 no doubt. Would your, would your dad have liked the double bill of context? Oh, my God. Aliens? My dad in this dream fantasy is so proud of me. He's bursting. He loves the choices of movies. He loves the choices of snacks. He thinks the shirts are hilarious. And he himself is dancing all the way home. Oh, he also brilliant. loved the trailer. He thought I was great in the trailer. <laughs> well, that is it as the audience gets into the taxis and their cars leaving the cinema. We have time for just one more question as the guests mill out smiling, chatting, and thanking you for taking them on an incredible night out at the movies. It's the mystery question of the week, and it's called, What's in the Box? I saw you with the box. What was in the box? Oh, what's in the box? So, I actually have a box with a question in it because it's a fully immersive experience, this case. Oh, wow, look so. at that. Look at that. A real box. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> what's in the box? 
Bats, what's in the bats? Exactly. I play, I play that sting. It's really fun. It's one really in the bag. One in the bag. Uh, I saw you had a box. What's the box? Right. <laughs> Mystery question is with Halloween approaching, what is the most scared you've ever been by a film? Oh, oh, hands down. Just watched it last week for the first time. Creep. So there are two versions of Creep, Mark Duplass or the Mark one Duplass. set on yeah. the Mark Duplass. Okay. Yeah. It's fucking, excuse my language. So scary. <laughs> There's a so I watch it with um I watched it with a, a group of people, my friends Molly and Alon and my husband, and they I hadn't seen it. And there's a jump scare right at the beginning, like very, very quickly. And I was so scared. I just yelled out, cheap, <laughs> because I think ah! jump scares are cheap. But he does it all movie and he gets me every time. I was absolutely terrified most of that film. That mask, the ending is perfect. There are some like just crazy things you would never expect, like choices you can't understand. It is a wild ride. Yeah. It's just, isn't it crazy how it lures you in as uh -huh. well? Like, because he seems like such a, like, creepy in parts, but then such an idiot, like, yep. at other times. Then you're just, like, your defenses are so you down. You have no idea and... what's going to happen. I had no idea. And, like, I watch a lot of horror movies. I generally know what's going to happen. No idea. No idea. You don't, like, they don't even lay out the rules, really. Like, normally you get a scene where everyone's like, this is the monster and these are the rules and da 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 you're just following this person and like, mm, he's just human enough that they don't need to tell you the rules. And I like that a lot. So you watched this for the first time recently. I did. And then I watched Creep 2, which I also loved, which is now my stock answer for what's it like working with your husband. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then. Well, let me ask the question. What is it like working with your husband? Have you ever seen the movie Creep 2? <laughs> And the two of them just keep one-upping each other with being weirder and weirder and collaborating and collaborating until they almost both die. It's like that. Spoilers. <laughs> and it's like they're perfectly made for each other. Yeah, that's what it's like. Oh, I'm going to watch Creep 2 through a different lens thinking about you and Mike working <laughs> you really together should. now. You really should. I see it. <laughs> It's been a pleasure talking to you. Let's very quickly, before you jump in your taxi, which is parked outside our virtual cinema, recap your night at the cinema. Oh, yeah. You, age 12, have gone to the cinema with your dad to a midnight screening. You are sitting two-thirds of the way from the front in the middle. You've ordered Kit Kats, Twizzlers, Sour Patch Kids, a Coke for your dad, and a Sprite for yourself plus popcorn with butter and salt and M&Ms in it. You are screening for your dad and our lucky audience who decided to let in. Contact, followed by aliens. Kate, it's been fantastic having you take us on a trip to the movies. Have you enjoyed it? Oh, no, it was terrible. Worst day of my life. Um, thank you for this. I didn't even know... I didn't know how great this would be for me. Hopefully for the audience listening as well. This was really, really great. Thank you. And as Kate's cab carries her away from our virtual cinema off into the distance, it's your chance to win a pair of tickets for a night out at a very real Odeon cinema. 
As I said, at the start, the lovely people at Odeon have given us a pair of tickets to give away every week. If you'd like the chance of getting these tickets, all you have to do is leave us a review of the show. You can leave it on whichever podcast platform you use, be it Apple Podcasts or other, or you can simply post it to any of our social media where we are at Trip to Movies Pod. The competition is only open to UK residents and the tickets exclude Odeon Leicester Square and Odeon Lux. And just before I say my final farewell for this episode, don't forget you can find the full ad-free video interviews unedited in all their glory for this episode and every episode on our trip to the movies Patreon, as well as loads of other extras, including early access to the podcast as well. So if you fancy that, it's a trip to the movies Patreon. And that really is it. I'll speak to you next week when we go on another trip to the movies. Bye-bye.